0: Okay, well, thank you very much, and good afternoon, everybody. And we want to welcome all those that are uh, tuned today into the stream and may hear this message uh, down the line. And it is really a pleasure to be able to follow uh, Mr. Hargarten uh, this afternoon because the messages really are going to be tied in together. And that is I want to share some time with you on God's Holy Sabbath Day to again understand the preciousness and the value of what God has revealed to you and me by his grace. And to understand that no matter what comes our way. Now I do have, or I did have, yes, right here. I want to start out the message by doing an exercise with you, if that's all right. and You'll come along with me and understand where we're going. I want to talk about two different words. Both of those two different words have three different letters. Two of those three letters in each of those words is the same. So we, in a sense, have the same building blocks, but it's not where we start, but it's where we end. And both of those words can be spoken with one breath because they're one syllable. So are you ready to go to do some learning here? And we're gonna find out not only what I'm gonna write up here, but where you stand and where you are up here as I write this. The two words are simply this. We're gonna start with this. W, O, and I'm gonna put a blank. We're gonna put a question mark. With me so far? We're gonna do another one here. Another one and we're gonna put a blank. Whoops, okay, there we go. I'm gonna be like Joshua, or say like the sun, stay. Okay, there we go. Okay, so, so far so good. We have W, O, and a blank. Then we have W, O, and a blank now looks very similar to this point. But again, as Joel brought out in his message, it's not where you start, it's where you wind up. Let's start with this one. Actually, you fill in the blank. What, what would be a, a letter that we might fit in there to, to make a word? Pardon? W-O yeah more, no just three letters for sake of time because this is a split sermon and you know I can get wordy maybe I should just get into it okay it would be this, we could fill it with this whoa but it's not always said that well it can be said that way sometimes especially when you're trying to slow down a donkey, whoa okay, but another way of thinking about it is a An emotional condition, a life condition of, whoa, whoa. Even with everything that I know, everything that God has revealed to me, whoa. And perhaps as Joel brought out in his message, we don't value it as much as God would want us to. Here's another one. Wow. 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 Started out the same. Came to a different conclusion. We all started out the same when God called us. God the Father called us, as it says in John six forty four, that he said, no man can come unto me unless first the Father draw him. So we came out of the same starting blocks. But where are we today, on December 30th, 2023? That's what I'd like to discuss with you. The letter, the concept that is up here, is more than me drawing and etching on an inanimate board of material. What we really want to do today is to etch on our hearts and ask ourselves, whether or not we are Christians that carry our woes or we are Christians that expand on the wow revelation that God has given us no matter what comes into our life now I want to say something right up front in this life all of us are going to bear a cross some are heavier than others and I want to be gentle as I talk because I realize that we have a couple of individuals here that are carrying very heavy crosses in that sense now and of recent date. And I, in a sense, am in that goldfish bowl looking, uh, on the outside of the goldfish bowl looking in, and I have to be sensitive. We had another prayer update uh, request out of Atlanta this week from Mr. Phil Ost about uh, a gentleman, and I used to pastor him and his family, a gentleman and his wife and children, and the gentleman and the daughter died in an auto accident. Some of us have been there, we understand that. And we will humanly for a moment go, whoa, because it feels it's more than we can even possibly bear in our hearts and our lives. But where do we go through there when it seems as if everything is crashing down and what do we, what do we come up with? I'd like us all to turn to Philippians four and verse eight. In Philippians four and verse eight to begin to discover an answer and then I'll give you a title here in a couple minutes. In Philippians four and picking up the thought in verse, not eight, I'm going to go a little bit closer than that. In Philippians four, there we go, found it. Notice Paul's instruction in Philippians and he begins in verse four. He says to rejoice. He says to rejoice. In the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Joy is not predicated upon happiness. It's not predicated upon external events coming our way that make us happy, happy. And feel like living life forever. This is something much deeper. Joy is having a smile on your heart, even when everything is coming down around you and crushing in, and you don't know where to go. And yet it says, to "Rejoice, not in the event, but in the Lord." In the Lord, that's key. Again, I will say, "Rejoice." Let your gentleness be known in in all men the Lord is at hand. Be anxious, who, me? Don't be, don't be anxious for, for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with, you've got to be kidding, with thanksgiving, and let your requests be made known to God. And it says then that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, basically will bring that down better than the facts that are on the ground at the present, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, verse 8, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, worthy of praise, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the Lord of Peak, the God of Peace, will be with you. Let's go over this for a second, pull some words out of it that we're going to build upon in this message. It mentions the Lord is at hand, it mentions prayer, it mentions thanksgiving, it mentions praise, those things that are worthy of praise. And it mentions meditation. It mentions meditation. In the English Standard Version, when it says praiseworthy, it's it's this. If there is anything worthy of praise, it says, think about these things. To offer praise, to be thankful, means you have to think. Just think of those words together. To think... Is to thank to think is not necessary always to thank it is maybe to stay within the woe zone but god would ask us beyond the moment to have what we call this wow factor it says here to it says here to meditate on these things so let's look for a few minutes here this is a split message so we're not going to go real long but let's for a minute will you join me and let's see what meditation and what thinking is about in real time with an individual that was going through trials where life was closing in on him and yet he was able to give God praise join me if you would and let's turn over to the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Ephesians is written in the early 60s AD. It's written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. They had a, He had a very close relationship with the church in Ephesus. Uh, number one, Paul was from Asia Minor. Uh, number two, he had spent uh, three years or so there with the Ephesian church and going back and forth, it was very close to the eldership there, to the brethren. When you think of uh, churches that uh, he was uh, extremely close to and comfortable with, and he loved them all, that's not the question, but the, the Ephesus church and also the, the, the church at, at Philippi. But we're going to take a, a look at this, and what we're going to do is simply this. I, li- I like to put this up forward. I'm going to give you the title, and it's simply this experiencing three words okay experiencing breathless gratitude have you ever been so excited about something that you've run out, You know you, you you've run to somebody to tell them number one and then number two there's so much you're so excited about it, like, like that this is paul's breathless gratitude But you don't run out of breath giving God gratitude and sharing that gratitude with others if you have not first thought about, think, to thank, and then to be able to praise God. We need to understand, and you might want to jot this down if you're taking notes and you're going to mull over this later, simply this. Think of the words prayer, P-R-A, and praise, P-R-A-I-S-E. There's a similarity, isn't there, in the beginning. And prayer has got to begin with praise. We even think of the example of of Jesus Christ, when he gave the model prayer to his disciples, he said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So right at the beginning, here's the Son of God, the Son of Man, Messiah, and he's offering the model prayer, and it begins with praise to move us to recognize who we're talking about and, as Joel brought out, to value the relationship and to give that relationship to God. What you're going to find here, you might want to jot this down again in taking notes if you are taking notes. You don't have to, but simply this. From, verse, from verse 3 to verse uh, 14 in the greek in the greek is one sentence paul if you want to use this as an analogy was so excited about who had called him so excited about what the one who called him has done on all of our behalf he valued it so much He just kept on a roll and the more he got on the roll you know you ever done that roll something downhill the faster it goes and he got so fast that he couldn't put the periods in the sentence so it all came out with one breath and here's the reason I'm giving this to all of you is simply this is and I'm not there I I'm with you I have my moments I might sometimes be up here not good but to recognize this is where i want to be i want to be a wow christian who what god the father and jesus christ have offered you and me so let's pick up the thought we're going to go right through this we're not going to move to any other scriptures we're going to stay right in this for about 14 15 16 verses and to recognize that the beginning of this uh starting with verse 3 will be simply praised to verse 14, which warms him up for the prayer that he offered for you and me 2,000 years down the line, so that you and I might, no matter all the woes that come to us in this life, we might still be overwhelmed. Not underwhelmed, but overwhelmed. Oh, those words sound similar too, but we make a choice based upon whether we're going to go through life with woe, or were because God is now in our life and revealed himself and the indwelling of God the Father and the indwelling of Jesus Christ in us. We can say, wow, no matter what comes our way. Again, as we go to Ephesians then, let's understand that when Paul is writing this, he's not a Pollyanna. He, he's not a dreamboat guy. He's in prison. He's in Rome for the sake of the gospel. He's writing this. He's either in house imprisonment or he's in a prison. Different thoughts, different ways on that in the commentary. But here we go. Are you ready? Because right in the first two verses, I think it's going to amaze you what Paul mentions here. This isn't even the praise. It is a part of the praise, but this is just the intro. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ Apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. He uses the word here, apostolos, in the Greek, which in the time of Hellenism, in the synagogues, with the Greek language, was meant one that sent bearing authority, would send a message from one congregation to another as an emissary or as a messenger. But now notice this, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God. Sometimes we look at this and say, Paul is stating his credentials. Watch out. Sheriff is in town. I am the man. I am God's anointed. Was he? In a sense, yes. But there's something much deeper here that's going on in this conversation that he's having with the Ephesians. He says, Paul, I, I'm an apostle. I, 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 I've been granted to be a messenger of God's revelation, of that good news that the Xerox company left behind and didn't build upon. But is by the will of God, he is astonished. He begins with the wow factor. How could God even begin to use me? I I am the one. I am the one that sought out the followers of Christ. I'm the one that went the extra mile. I'm the one that did my own Hamas style invasion of Christian homes. Separating men and women, children. I was an opponent of Messiah. I was an opponent of the very promises that came to fore that my people had looked forward to for hundreds and hundreds of years. I am amazed, I am humbled that God might even use me as his human instrument. Doesn't that sound a little bit like Isaiah 66, 1 through 2, where God says, Heaven is my throne And earth is my footstool. But to this man, to this woman, will I look. One that is of a contrite spirit and trembles, that means values, builds upon my word. And in return gives me glory. From the very beginning, in this praise, Paul is humble, it's not about him. I didn't come up with this. I didn't figure it out. I didn't go one, two, three, four, five and figure it out. God opened up my mind. It was by the will of God. And then he says to the saints, to the saints, the Greek word there is hagios. That means the ones that are chosen, the ones that are separated, the ones that are called out, who are in Ephesus, and to the faithful, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Some of the most important words in Scripture oftentimes have two or three letters the ins, the buts, the nows, the so. It sets the stage of what we really need to draw from this. It says, in Christ Jesus. When Paul is writing this, he's basically sharing the principle that, that Jesus shared with his disciples then as well as us now that the branches need to be tied into the vine. What allowed them, in a sense, these saints to be faithful, was being tied in to that vine, tied into Jesus, tied into Yeshua, for that Hebraic community that became followers of Jesus Christ in Christ Jesus. They were faithful. They were, they were in the Greek it's pistos, P-I-S-T-O-S. They were they were intertwined with their master. Now we go to verse 2. This is just a setup. But it, his discussion is not going to be what I am doing. It's going to be about God the Father and Jesus Christ, which I think really sets us a tone of development as we continue to move forward. Here we are in the middle of time. We, we remember the spiritual ecstasy as we were at the Feast of Tabernacles, and we understand the, the culmination of what God's plan is going to be like, that he's going to open up opportunity for all humanity to get to know him and to recognize all that was in that eighth day message for us to glean from. Now that's months behind. and Remember how excited you were. And now here we go and we're looking towards the spring festivals to where we renew how, how it all began again and we go through this every year. So here we are. Here we are. And have you noticed since October, the world hasn't gotten any easier? War in Ukraine. War in Israel and in Gaza. Wars in North Africa that you and I don't even hear about. Wars in Asia, which sometimes get a paragraph. Matters that are happening that sometimes are just squeezed out because the the big wars, the big news, Kind of squeezes everything back under the back page of a newspaper or an internet column. And here you are and I are here in San Diego, California. Let's notice the message. I'm just going to read through it. This is praise towards God. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father. In this praise towards God, he is duplicating what Jesus said, that when you pray, pray our Father, not just my Father. Jesus shares his Father with us. And we are to address the Father, and then it says, and the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean when he says the Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus is Lord, he is sovereign in our lives, he is to rule our hearts, he is the king. We see the word Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua in the Hebrew means salvation, salvation come. And then he says the Christ. Christ means anointed, he is the Messiah, come, yes in prophecy, now human as the one that came out of Nazareth to preach the gospel. Then notice what he says in verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Very important when you're noticing how Paul and John and Peter write about God the Father and Jesus Christ. They always start together. They're only separated by man and man's thoughts about God the Father and Jesus Christ. They're like this. They have a, a, a love affair. One with another. It's only man that tries to separate them at times. They come together. who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. When we become a part of this way of life, is to recognize what God offers us, our spiritual blessings. He doesn't offer us uh, a Cadillac. He doesn't offer us uh, a house uh, high up on a hill over uh, Point Loma or, or La Jolla. He doesn't offer us uh, a treasure load in our bank that we come upon and think, oh, the leprechauns have been here and left us pots of gold. He's not talking about how humanity measures success or what is valuable to humanity because it's all going to go. The physical is all going to go. All we have to do is look at the the lesson of the pharaohs who tried to socket away into hillsides off the Nile or in pyramids and all sorts of traps and all sorts of disguises and all sorts of secret tunnels. Tunnels have been around a long time in the Middle East and in North Africa, but they're found, they're robbed, and it's gone. And like we say, you can't take it with you. But what God gives us, these spiritual blessings, we can, just as He chose us in, in, just be, as He chose us in Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love he chose us in him he chose us through jesus christ always notice when you're getting the paul paul and peter's language who the he and who the him is he's chosen us and it it comes through jesus christ that we might be without blame that we might also be without this is sacrificial tone in the greek that we might be without spot that we might be without blemish And having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ in himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. This is a God that has joy. He's a God that has pleasure. He's reminding the Ephesians, you don't have to be scared of this deity. All of the the religions of antiquity, whether it be in uh, in in the Nile River Valley, or whether it be in the Fertile Crescent, it was always, what are the gods gonna do next? Or you go, to, you go to Achaia, you go to Greece, and you recognize, we really want those gods to, to stay up above the clouds of Olympus. Don't, don't, don't come down, because all the myths that have come down to us, it's not good when you come down to earth below those clouds. But what, what Paul is mentioning here is a God of love, a, a God that is favorable. A God that through Jesus Christ understands our human inclinations, but he wants the best for us. And to have relationship with us is, it's good, it's wonderful. To the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the Beloved. And of course, this goes back to John 3, 17 or so, where it says, this is my beloved son. Did you realize that one of Jesus' names in the scriptures is Beloved? With a capital B. That's one of his names. That's one of his titles. That's one of his attributes. Something very important. If you notice verse 6. To the praise of the glory of his grace. It is only God that deserves praise, not us, not you, not me. Paul's conversation here basically after verse 1 and 2 is about God and about Jesus Christ because he is in that wow zone. He is overwhelmed by what God has done, not only for himself, but for both the Jew and the Gentile, Gentiles. Now this, there's this new Israel of God that's being developed and that there's a unity that's happening that we're going to see here in a moment. He takes himself out of the equation. Here's one thing that I want to do, and I mentioned this the last week in Redlands. Susan's helping me on this one. She's God's helper for me. I want to take myself out of the equation. I'm trying to learn more and more and it's a head thing but it's a heart thing too. It's not about me. It's not about you. Oh and you do have personality. You have individuality. And God loves you. He's, he, he's, he's made you specially delivered. But where our thoughts are, where our conversation is, our words Our words, our writings betray us or portray us as to whether or not God is getting praise, Christ is getting praise, or we're getting the praise. Maybe that's just a, are you with me guys? Maybe that's just a man thing. But I've dropped into enough women's conversations sometimes listening in from afar is to recognize that we all kind of uh, rattle off the, uh, the hymn of human nature. You all know how that goes, right? Me, 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 i have got a goal as we move towards the New Testament Passover, that in my life, I want God the Father to be more pronounced than me. I want Jesus Christ to be more pronounced over me. I'm not in the wow zone. You already knew that. You've been with me for 20 years. When are we going to get a new pastor? Okay. But that, um, not today. But anyway, that, I want to be, are you with me? I, I want to be overwhelmed by what God is doing. Because I've got to repent of what I've done. I'm a human being. This is where Paul was in prison. Heaven helped him. And the same two that are up in heaven, God the Father and Jesus Christ can help us as we praise them and get ourselves out of the praise zone. Notice then what it says. In him we have redemption. We, we, we have something that we could not pay for ourselves like a slave. A slave could never get themselves uh, out of slavery. They had to, a price had to be paid. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches The abundance, the overflowingness of his grace and his favor, which he made us abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. The words there are wisdom. He's praising God by saying, God, you have not only given us Sophia, that's in the Greek, that's holy wisdom, divine wisdom, revelatory wisdom of what you're doing, but you've also given us some just good old plain fashioned common sense. That's what prudence is. Of how to live this life here and now. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will. According to his his good pleasure. There's the word again. He has a good pleasure. Which he purposed in himself. According to his will. When you look at the word there. The mystery. Mystery comes from the Greek. Which is mysterion. With an I-O-N at the end. And that's talking about. A revealing over time to the initiated. Those that are on the ground that recognize what's come their way, as Joel brought out in his message. Those of us that 20 or 30 or 40, 50, 60 years ago had that Xerox moment, but it was different than what Xerox did. We hung in there. Not by our might nor by our power, but by God's Spirit. And we have grown in grace and knowledge. And as we go through this life, as we get older, just as we saw that diagram, if Jesus Christ, quote-unquote, does not come back in our lifetime, we've missed the whole point. He has already come into our lives. His Spirit exists, indwells in you and me. When he said, I will come to you on that last night of his life. He says, I will come to you. He was speaking first of that which was going to happen at Pentecost. I'm not going away. My spirit is going to be in you. That does not forgo the second, what we call the second coming. Looking forward to that one day. But so often we put off what God is doing rather than value and that's what we're discussing right now in our Bible studies on Tuesday night the value of having the indwelling of God the Father and Jesus Christ having made known us that will that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times and God is the master of timing we'd like everything we would have liked him have come back yesterday maybe the day before no man knows the day or the hour; he does. Jesus not only cre- Jesus as the Word not only created time, but he's also along with his Father the master of timing. He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth. Notice in Him. What's happening here is to recognize something very important that Paul is laying out in this pattern of praise, this overwhelming wow to God. Unity begins, are you with me? We can all look up here a second. I don't want to lose your eyes. We begin by individually when we're baptized, coming to the Father and having unity with the Father individually. Individually. Not corporately, but individually. As a child of God, that's where it begins. And then we maintain it by not living a life of woes, but having the wow factor of what Paul is stating here, and to recognize that to have unity in the body of Christ, it must start with your own individual unity with Christ in your life. The body of Christ cannot be united. It starts with each and every one of us as individuals doing our individual part and in modeling and being a disciple by Jesus Christ today through the scriptures and through the spirit. Because it's only when you have that unity person to person that ultimately the entire body can be united. And this is what Paul was doing because what he's talking about here, he's talking to Ephesus, which was the crossroads of the world. You, you had the Jew, you had the Greek, you had the Gentile. And they were all coming. All of a sudden, this group that had never been together, probably throwing some Romans too. There were Romans, there were Greeks, there were Jews, there were other people from Cappadocia, there were Gauls that were up in Galatia, and they were all mixing. They were coming, a group that had never been together before. And we would never have been together before, right? Why are we here? Why why am I sharing a room with uh, some folks over here from uh, La Mesa? Why am I sharing room with somebody that's uh, down in uh, South Bay, San Diego? What's drawn us and unifies us together is not... And you fill in the blanks. It's because we've responded to the call of the Father and we're trying to model ourselves after Jesus Christ. In Him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will that we who first trusted in Christ shall be to the praise of his glory. Trusted in Christ. It just reminded me of, and I've shared this with you before, the, the three tombstones, the three tombstones that I always have in my back of my head. My wife and I like to search graveyards. That's one of our hobbies, sorry. No, it's basically historical when we're back east. And I've written on this before in our publications. There's three, three, three tombstones that I always think about. Number one is the tombstone of Corey Tinboom up in the north part of Santa Ana, the, the wonderful Dutch lady that saved the Jews during World War II. Later on became, a, in the circuit, a, an evangelist in that sense in, in, in spreading different things on her tomb, and we went looking for it, and we couldn't find it. You know, it wasn't a big monument. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uh, splashy. Uh, she was Dutch, so she probably wanted to save money too. I can say that. I'm part Dutch. But we found it, and we looked at it, and it just said, Cory Dash, no, Cory Tin Boom. Birthdate, Dash, and of course, it's always in the dash that you want to know about, because that tells you about life and her death. And it said, Jesus is victor. Wow. Number two, read about, wrote about one time about a tombstone that a man had written for him. He didn't even have his name on it. Just on the tombstone was one word, forgiven. person that was underneath there. His living legacy to anybody that came by his tombstone was forgiven. Number three, and I've shared this before by my folks. My folks are buried up at Riverside National Cemetery. uh, And I, on occasion, will put some flowers of remembrance on there. And I was walking through the grass, and I looked down. And here is one that was just wonderful. Short, shorter the better the property of God. When I look at these verses, and it says, in whom we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trust it, in Christ being our victor. The verses above, of having been redeemed, forgiven, is a part of Redemption. And that when we are redeemed, we, are, we no longer own ourselves. We are owned by God. We are, we are the property of God. And that he should even take any interest in us. This is what Paul was saying in his opening comments. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin. I was a Pharisee of a Pharisee. I was a... It wasn't about me. It was about God. Who is the guarantee, verse 14, of our inheritance till the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory? Into praise, one sentence. You might say, no breath. He was in a wow moment. Susan and I, she said, there you go, Robin, you're dragging me in again. Okay. Susan and I have just been overwhelmed, you know, just with our study that Sandy's conducting right now with the the Spirit uh, and the Holy Spirit. uh, This is your pastor speaking uh, and wife. We we got out the Trinity booklet and we read that and we were and we've been knowing this since we were and reviewed it before, but been a long time, and we thought thank god we, we we have been overwhelmed to understand the nature of God to understand the nature of God to understand that he 's revealed to us what the first commandment is all about. thou shalt have no other gods before me you know what they 're enough, and to have this revel- it, was, it was a where's oh joel 's out with the good father aubrey he 's out with the kids okay I was going to say. Another Xerox moment to build upon. And it's not about us, but what God has done. It's just marvelous. Now notice what it says here, and then we're going to conclude. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance, blah, 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 until the redemption of the purchased possession to the, notice, the praise of who? His glory. I don't see Paul Smith in there. Sorry, Paul. I don't see Robin Webber. I don't see Dennis Star Wars. I don't even see the professorial Mr. Bob Gardenhire in there, or the family that likes to hover around 180. What was it you said, Sandy, the other day about the IQ thing? That was that was cute. No, it's none of us. No, 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 no. no, no it's about God. And I'm imploring you, and I want to, I need God's help myself, but this year, I want to be overwhelmed by God again and again. I want to have more of that wow factor in my life, no matter what comes my way. And I say this gently, recognizing, I'll just say, I see Dennis here, I see Paul here. Remember scenarios that have happened to other members of our our church family here over the years, over the last 20 years and i don't know what tomorrow's going to bring just don't and i don't even have today i only have the moment that's on me right now that i might be able to praise god and give him the glory get robin out of the picture and you can put your name down there get yourself out of the picture that doesn't mean go and hate yourself that's not what Ooh, what's he saying? Going to beat no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a change of focus, a change of direction begins with a change of heart of what you're going to do here. You make a, you make a choice every day. There's always, uh, Viktor Frankl brought this out in his, uh, his book after the... Uh, World War II, between stimulus and response, between stimulus and response, all of us have a moment to make a choice, to live for something beyond that moment and to make that moment count. Every day, as we move towards the Spring Festival, allow me to share a thought. In the beginning, God. It should not just only be found in Genesis 1 1. It should not just be found in John 1 1 through 3, where it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, you might want to jot this down. In the beginning, every moment, every thought, every action, every deed every hour every day every week every month as long as Jesus is victor as long as we have been forgiven as long as we have been redeemed and we are the property of God that in the beginning we might glorify God not only by what we do But by the motive in our heart that generates it and let us as a body of people follow then what Paul says in verse 15 therefore I also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers the Ephesians did their own wow factor back to Paul who's in prison And he says, my life has been worth it. Being here, not as a prisoner of Rome, but a prisoner of the Lord. Because he never called himself a prisoner of Rome. Because that's only what man could do. He always called himself the prisoner of the Lord. God has his purposes. Ones that we will not always understand for the moment. But then notice what he says, Therefore, when I heard this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Don't sit on your duff like the Xerox company did and didn't go anywhere with what they had the lead on but to build upon it, to grow in grace and knowledge, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of His glory, of His inheritance in the saints, and what is... He's going breathless again, isn't he? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe, according to the work of His mighty power, which He worked. It's His grace emanating from Him, His call, His choice, His energy, His motion that He performed in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places. As we move away from this meeting tonight, and as we progress not only individually but collectively as a congregation, let us always have that wow factor about God the Father and Jesus Christ. Let's always have that wow factor about the indwelling of their spirit in us. Let us always have the wow factor that God has been gracious enough that when we meet in this room, we're not alone. There are others that have that wow factor. We are not alone. Let's go forth and exercise what one commentator mentioned about Paul. In Ephesians 1, let us go exercise breathless gratitude.